welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. pushed through the heavy plastic door and out onto the dock, just as Jenik was mooring. What the hell happened out there? I yelled over the startled seagulls. One minute you were fine, everything was fine, and the next... Everything was fine the next minute too, Ken. Just cool it. I stared at him, at his too focused stare, and the flush on his freckled cheeks. At least tell me what happened to your airline. We got the warning on it, but no idea about what happened. It broke. He shrugged. No biggie. Must have been a blowout or something. He pulled his oxygen tank out of the boat and slung it over his shoulder as he began to walk back towards the little shack we called HQ. You are way too calm about this, Jenik, I said, keeping pace. And you're way too into my business, Ken. He gave a one-shouldered shrug. It's not worth all this. The signal said there was something down there, I said. Morgan said, yeah, well, Morgan was wrong, okay? He rounded on me, scowling. There wasn't anything down there, just some rocks and a few fish. Not worth it, like I said. I narrowed my eyes. I'm going to go down there and check the place out. Clearly there's something down there, if your line's snagged and it needs clearing. It's our job after all. You're wasting your time. Don't do my dive. He turned and stalked off, boots echoing hollowly on the wooden pier. I found the break. A single line scored across the air hose, large enough to start a deadly oxygen leak and nothing at all like a blowout. Far too neat. Somehow he had made it back to the surface without any panic and without any air. I stared off in the direction he'd gone for a moment, my mind working. Nothing down there, he said, but something had snagged the line, had cut it. He'd survived coming back up, almost like he'd been prepared for it. And he didn't want me to dive in the same spot. He has found something, and he doesn't want to share. I heard a tiny squeak that made my teeth ache, and looked down. I twisted the air hose, folding it and refolding it. Scowling, I threw it down and went into the office. It wasn't unheard of for divers to find salvage that was worth money, but company policy said that it had to be reported and split between all of us, with the biggest cut going to Morgan. He was sat behind his desk, head in a newspaper, smoking one of those foul cigars. Clouds of smoke fugged the room. Wrinkling my nose in disgust, I sat in the single chair in front of his desk. What? His voice was razors and gravel. Throat cancer will do that to you. I want Jenik's dive. Mm. He came back up and something slashed his air hose. I want to... I made vague motions with my hands. You know... Check it's okay, in case we dive there again. He held my gaze for a moment, then nodded. On your own dime, and time, though. Thanks, I said, already out of my chair. He nodded, but I felt his eyes on me as I left the room. Jenik was safely off the pier when I left in the boat, and by the time I finished setting up for the dive, the sun was starting to set. I looked nervously at the horizon. It was late to be going down, but I just wanted to look around, confirm my suspicions. A few stray birds were flying idly over the beach, hunting for scraps left by tourists. 
and I could see a pair of teenagers holding hands as they walked along the seafront. I turned and began to climb down the ladder. The thick suit did little to shield me from the icy water, and I instantly regretted diving this late. But if I bottled it now, Jenik might get to keep whatever secret he found. Instead, I began to swim down, letting the weight of the tank do most of the work. On my wrist, the GPS watch Morgan insisted we all wear glowed a sickly green, telling me the distance and depth of myself and my target. Small fish, surprised by this intrusion into their world, nudged up against my faceplate and then retreated, disinterested. The water around me darkened. The silence. That was what drew me to this job, what kept me coming in. Sure, we did a vital job, clearing the Kanshu Bay of wrecks, hundreds of years of warfare piled on top of one another until regular boats struggled to move. But the silence, the closeness, the solitary nature of being a deep-sea diver, these were all things that appealed to me. A ridge of stone loomed out of the darkness, seemed like there was a sharp drop-off, a sort of valley of unfathomable depth. Staying close to the craggy wall, I continued downwards. The silence gave me time to think about how stupid it was that I was so distrusting of Jenik that I'd go to all this trouble to catch him out. He deserved it, though. I had good reason to distrust him after how he'd hurt me, damn it. I mean, in this day and age, who shares things like... The ghostly ping transmitted to my earbud startled me by its suddenness. I took another look at the GPS watch. Something was responding to the microsonar. Curious. Active to within only 40 metres or so, there was nothing out here that should be big enough to trigger it. I swept my wrist torch across the darkness, trying in vain to see through the murk. There seemed to be a sort of rocky crevice up ahead, and I floated gently towards it. Whatever the ping was, it was in there. Then I saw it, or saw something. A shadow flitted across the small arc of light. The sonar pinged softly again. Off to the right this time. I narrowed my eyes and cued the radio, tapping the little sub-vocal mic on my throat. Jenik, you down here? Silence. Jenik, this isn't funny. I came down here to check everything was... okay. The crackle of static was the only reply, and I felt the sudden cold prickle of something behind me. I turned. Nothing. I keyed the radio back to HQ. Morgan! Crackles, then Morgan's growl. I'm here. You need some? There's something down here. Something moving. I'm going to check it out. Jenik said there weren't nothing. Yeah, well, Jenik's wrong. A note of genuine concern seemed to have entered his voice, something I hadn't heard since Jenik and I had dated. I'm fine. It's not narcosis or anything. I checked the gauge on my tank. Air mix is right. Floating a scant metre above the seabed, I began to move forwards. Movement ahead of me, something silvery skittering across my vision. What are you? There was a small cave, too small for me, but the eddies of dust at its mouth suggested whatever I was hunting had come in here. Carefully, I lined myself up for a better view, and then I saw it. Saw her. Huddled at the back of the cave, shielding her eyes from the harsh light, was a woman. 
Her greenish hair fanned out behind her and her elfin features seemed totally out of place. But then she brought the lower half of her body around, protecting herself. A long fish's tail. Her expression was open, wide-eyed with a touch of fear. She was naked, her skin tinged slightly blue. Uh, a mermaid? I said. You're breaking up, replied Morgan. Say again. But I ignored him and beckoned to her. The fear seemed to leech out of her eyes as she slowly uncoiled and swam towards me. She was... beautiful. There was no other word for it. Lithe, smooth, unblemished skin. My mind raced. This discovery was beyond all others, would make history, all the media, the films, the books, the epic sagas, the poems, they were all right. I'd be forever remembered as the man who discovered mermaids. And that was the moment she pulled the sharpened rock knife from her hair and sliced the air hose. <laughs>